Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Curiosity Project. I'm Steve Shepard. I just published my 80th book, so it shouldn't surprise you to know that I read a lot. Thanks to all my airplane and hotel room time, I put away between 100 and 150 books every year. They run the gamut from novels to classics to books about science, history, and photography. There's not much I don't read, but I just finished one book that really stood out for me, so I feel kind of compelled to tell you about it because it's changed how I think about a lot of things, including the nature and origins of curiosity, the subject of this podcast. The book is called The Age of Wonder, The Romantic Generation and the Discovery of the Beauty and Terror of Science. It was written by Richard Holmes, a professor at East Anglia University, who has written about a lot of interesting people, including poets like Samuel Taylor Coleridge and Percy Bysshe Shelley. The Age of Wonder begins with the 18th century exploration of Polynesia by Europeans like Captain Cook, a story that links the rigid, stylized culture of Europe to the much older, more open, and in so many ways more sophisticated culture of Polynesia. When Cook set sail for the Southern Hemisphere, the world changed forever. But the story doesn't end there. This is only the beginning, a stage-setting event for a whole slew of characters who follow. This book reads like a who's who of science. A lot of the characters were members of the British Association for the Advancement of Science, which was created in the early 1800s to study the natural phenomena that shaped the world, but were sometimes seen as being right up there with flat earth theories, physics, chemistry, geology, and natural history, and, you know, what we call biology today. The members include Charles Babbage, a mathematical and engineering genius who was actually the father of modern computing. He invented the difference engine, a mechanical calculator that had more than 25,000 brass gears in it. Sir Joseph Banks, who was president of the Royal Society and a botanist and naturalist who joined Captain Cook on his first early 18th century voyage. Francis Beaufort, who created the scale of wind velocity used by modern meteorologists and also studied the near-death experiences of drowning sailors. George Gordon, better known as Lord Byron, a romantic poet who was also fascinated by science. Turns out he was close friends with William Herschel, who built the first very, very large telescopes. And then we have Samuel Taylor Coleridge, poet and essayist and close friend of Humphrey Davy, a chemist and anatomist who discovered the medicinal properties of nitrous oxide. John Dalton, who created the first periodic table of the elements. Michael Faraday, a chemist and physicist who invented the electric motor and the transformer and who dabbled in far more complex world of poetry. John Keats, a poet and a medical student whose scientific pursuits shaped his poetry. Mary Shelley, a novelist and essayist who wrote, among other things, Frankenstein, her 1831 edition complete with an introduction about creative and scientific ideas. And Percy Bysshe Shelley, a poet and essayist whose work was suffused with science and who was married to Mary Shelley. And Mungo Park, a Scottish physician, explorer, and travel writer whose expeditions across Africa following the Niger River gained him worldwide fame, even though he ultimately drowned in the process. 
Reading this book was like drinking a very fine single malt scotch. Not something to be swigged, but something to be enjoyed slowly, savoring every flavor and every nuance. As I said earlier, it begins with the voyages of Captain Cook, and then takes the reader on a journey of discovery. Herschel's telescopes, the early hydrogen and hot air balloonists, Mungo Park's voyages across Africa, Davies' sometimes hysterical, no pun intended, experiments with laughing gas, the influence of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein on science, far more than you would realize, and Davies' invention of the explosion-proof mining lamp. But this is not a linear story. All of these characters continually appear and reappear, bumping against each other, learning from and competing with each other, creating the foundations of modern science. And then there are the poets, Coleridge and Shelley and Byron, always there, always creating the link between science and wonder. At every turn, it seems, the scientists and the poets were there for each other, influencing and strengthening each other's work. Never would I have imagined such a link between two such very different types of people. As I made my way through the book, I occasionally stopped to think about what I was reading within the context of my own work. Whenever I photograph, the artist in me looks for the beauty in the image. The biologist looks for the reality behind the colors and the shadows, and the writer in me seeks to tell a story. Reading this book, learning about the trials of early scientists, I came to realize that these remarkable people were in fact equal parts scientist, poet, storyteller, and explorer. The journey was just as important as the destination. For them, the road to truth was as important as the sought-for answer. The stories about these people spoke to me, made me realize that truth is elusive, but the road to truth is inevitable. Holmes concludes the book with this statement. We need the three things that a scientific culture can sustain. The sense of individual wonder, the power of hope, and the vivid but questing belief in a future for the globe. This, to me, is what we should all strive to do. Never lose the sense of wonder we all had as children never lose hope, and always strive toward a desirable future. Today, more than ever, those words ring true. Read the book. You'll be better for it. I'm Steve Shepard. Thank you for listening.